You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. It's awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for going there, for taking us strongly. It's unreal. Don't you just love the guys who just go week in, week out and lead us into the presence of God? You know, might be awkward for you, but it's good. It's good. So good. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, So if you're visiting with us today, just hello. Hello. My name is Darren and my wife, Beck, and I are the pastors here at C3 Victory. This is our Northwest campus and we love us. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Uh, and you, you're welcome to become part of us. That's, that's how it works, right? So uh, it's good. We're in the middle of a, uh, well, kind of, kind of at the start of a 10-week journey through the book of James, and um, I'm super excited to see what God's about to do uh, right here and right now. So if you've got your Bible, if you've got your phone there, uh, turn to um, or flick to and open up your app and then head over to James chapter 2. Uh, James, as we've discovered already in the series, was the earliest uh, book or letter that was written that we know of. Um, the first letter that, that became canonized, it was written about AD 44. And super like special importance on this book in that James is writing to the, the Jewish community that had believed in Jesus. Right, right at the start, it says, uh, blah, 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 James, blah, 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 to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. This is to Jews that had discovered Jesus and put their trust in him. And not just the Old Testament law or the principles and the, and the rules and the, the way that the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, but they had started, they had trusted and begun to believe in Jesus as for their salvation. So it's really, really good. So you can look at it and James is going to bring out some stuff today that we're going to look at. Um, this, is going to, this is going to challenge you a little bit. And this is kind of what James does. James, as Pastor Simo said last week, he doesn't pull any punches. So get ready to be shifted from your nice little Christian bubble right now because God's about to tell you something and it's going to be good, right? Uh, So good. James, he wants to confront us with our Christian flabbiness, you know? And I love what Pastor Dan Gorey said a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know, as Christians, we often like to have a little spiritual buffet, where we just like to take a little bit of this and take a little bit of that. And, uh, and that's not how you want to read Scripture. You want to read Scripture asking the hard questions of the Holy Spirit. How does this apply to me? Every verse, every all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful, right, for correcting, training, like for us understanding who God is and who we are, right? So, yeah, if you're going to get true freedom, you don't want to, like, buffet Christian your way through, all right? And also to note, uh, just as we're going to kick off today, that, uh, and Pastor Simo said this again last week as well, uh, they, this community was experiencing a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, pressure from their old, kind of like their old church, like their old group, you know, 
Pressure to go back to live the way that they used to live. Pressure from the Roman government. Pressure from outsiders. So, you know, we as Christians in this day and age, we are starting to understand a little bit more of what that pressure looks like. So it's okay. It's okay to have pressure. So now, all right, I'm just going to read James chapter 2, verse 1 to 13. Who's ready? Right, good. Let's do it. And you can tell we've got like heaps of stuff to get through. It's going to be good. I can make it. I can make it. It's all right. Verse 1, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Okay. Right? Favoritism is inconsistent with the way of Jesus. Right? Don't worry. We're going to talk about that. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes comes in. Now, if you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here is a good seat for you, right? But you say to the poor man, now you stand there or you can sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Whoa, okay. Told you, he's pulling no punches here, right? Then he goes on, says, Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? Right? God's, like James is saying, it's not just the rich who've been chosen. Don't forget the poor. It's everyone. Jesus died for the sins of the world. It's every human being he loves. Right? He's like challenging the way that we look and think and see people. He says, oh, and this is harsh. He says, but you have dishonored the poor. Whoa. It is not the rich who are, is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? Whoa. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You were doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and you're convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Okay? Whoa, okay. Yeah, you, if you show favoritism, you sin. That's uncomfortable, isn't it? Whoa. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you don't commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Right. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Love that. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Oh, man. Okay. Um, cool. This is good. We need to pray, right? Who needs to pray right now? Right? I'm, I'm, in, I'm there. I'm there. God, would you just help us to see the timeless truth that is here? Holy Spirit, would you quicken to each of us the revelation that is important for our own journey and freedom and transformation? And would you just bless Central Campus as they're having coffee right now? Amen. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, so this week, a little funny story happened. I took Ethan to the orthodontist. 
uh, and it was great. And we 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 were we we parked and we were heading up. And I'm like, he's he's got to get checked out for getting braces. And I'm like, rightio, this is a fairly important meeting here. So you know, I got all the the you know the letter from the specialist, and you call them up and you book a time that suits them, not you. And so you know, we turned up. We turned up and we get to the front of the building and I'm like, where's the orthodontist? It just says gastroenterologist. And I'm like, maybe there's like lots of different people inside, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's cool. So I walk in and I said, oh, I've got an appointment for my son, Ethan, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yep, just fill out this paperwork here. And then nice and quietly, I lean over the desk and I'm like, so what might he be here for? Is, are we here to see a, someone about teeth? And she looks at me, like she just looks up from her computer and goes, teeth? And I'm like, yeah, you know, like got lots of things going on right now, lots of stuff on the boil. And she goes, is he maybe gluten intolerant? And I'm like, that one, yeah, great, perfect. <laughs> Perfect, now I know why we're here. So much better, so much better. Uh, and yes, we had to see someone about that and that was the appointment that I was taking him to. Um, but what I expected turned out to be different than what I received. And that's what happens when you read James. That's what happens when you come to church because you think you're here just to tick a box to make God like you, but God's got a plan, right? And, and you, you read the book of James going, oh yeah, oh yeah, just gonna read through these, these, these little scriptures and actually God's gonna confront you with your need for transformation in areas that you thought you were doing really good in. It's a good story, right? So what is God going to reveal to you and I? We're struggling to come back from that, aren't we? Okay, it's a funny story. That's good. That's good. But I wonder, I'm just wondering how you and I are going to get through this right now. No, I'm wondering what God's going to say to you through these verses that you, you felt like, mm, not sure that applies to my life when well, we just read it just now. But God's going to show you something. Uh, firstly, if you're writing notes, write this down. Firstly, as humans, we have a discrimination default. Right? Let's go back to verse 1. I love this. It says, My brothers and sisters, believers, literally it means those who have faith or who are having faith, Believers, those who are having faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism, right? And so what we find is on planet Earth, we walk around with this little internal discrimination filter always switched on. We're constantly comparing ourselves to everybody else. A constant comparison because we are kind of insecure human beings, and I'm always trying to find a little spot, a point at which I'm better than someone so that I will feel better about myself. 
That's what we do. We compare. We critique. We categorize. We look at somebody else and, and we, we, we make, you know, they say that it only takes 0.8 of a second. I think I read 0.8 of a second for you to make like 30 judgments of a person. So I'm, I'm instantly weighing up a person's value. I'm instantly comparing them to myself in a hundred different ways. And I'm thinking, how, how, how am I better? Because I'm insecure, right? So we're continually judging people so I can one-up them all the time. We're, not, we're, like, we're like, by default, we're these needy, insecure little, little human beings who uh, our insecurity manifests in like a million different ways. And so this like discrimination filter that we have on all the time, you know, it's, it's like it's almost always on. And I think I'm pretty good at loving people. I think I'm all right. You know, before I read this, I thought I was doing really good. I thought, yeah, I can love people. You know, I love the person who's in front of me. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm all right at this. But it's, uh, I'm fooling myself to think that I do it well all the time or that I don't. You know, I just got to keep switching off that little filter here. Now, James is talking about a situation that is taking place in the communities of faith he's talking to, right? He's saying, these people are coming in and you are super honoring the rich and you are publicly dishonoring the poor. The poor are being treated with disrespect and those who've got money or power or fame, they're being elevated and celebrated like, here, come and take this seat down in the front here. And the poor are being shown disrespect. And no, 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 you guys get the back seats. You guys, you can sit up there. And they're like, but, but there's seats that are down the front. I can see them. And publicly the, church, publicly, the church was discriminating against people who didn't have enough. They were showing favoritism, prejudice. And kind of almost worst of all, they were doing it in public setting the standard, like, well, this is how we do it. This is how we treat people. That's not how we do it. And those same people that we, we like to think that we're better than, those same people that you have your discrimination filter turned on for, those same people are loved by God, right? They're the same people that Jesus died for, that he chose, that he accepts, that he wants relationship with. Verse 5, James spells it out super clear. He goes, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world? Listen to that, poor in the eyes of the world. There's a difference between in the eyes of the world and in the eyes of God, right? I just love James's open, like James' opening statement is like, let's put these two at polar opposites right now. The way of Jesus... Favoritism. You must not show favoritism. Later on, he says, you know, it's, it's sin. Pure and simple. Let's call it for what it is. Whoa, because you are devaluing someone that Jesus loves. You can't say, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, he's my favorite. He's the best. I follow him my whole life. Hate those guys. That's right. Favoritism. Like it's prejudice, discrimination. It is all inconsistent with the way of Jesus. It's all inconsistent with the, the way of love that Jesus models. So, so, so like who do you favor? 
Who's like Instagram feed do you like to scroll through? And we're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. You know, I follow Kanye West on Insta. And I'm like, this guy's got a pretty impressive life. But I've got to ask myself the question, what would, what would I do if Kanye turned up? And would I treat him with so much more lavish attention than, than someone who comes in who's clearly not doing well? Who's struggling, who hasn't showered for a week? What's, what's the difference? Because to God, the value of, their, of the human life is the same. For the poor, for the needy, for the unemployed. What, what, what do you discriminate? What's, what's this natural bent in your head? Let me, let me, let me just stir the pot just, just a little bit longer. What about the gay and lesbian and transgender and bisexual and queer community? Like what about the love that we are meant to have for them? What about, what about the elderly or children? Because some of us, like, we freak out when there's someone who's elderly near us or we freak out when there's a child and we go, ah, you're, you're invading my world and my space. You're too loud, you, you know? Like, like, what about criminals? What about people who've just come out of jail? What about different people with different skin colors, different backgrounds to you, people who don't speak the same language as you? What about people who don't have as much as you or people who make you feel uncomfortable because they have so much? What do we discriminate against? Because it shouldn't be. An authentic faith loves people. We have, like a, we have a moral obligation as followers of Jesus to love without condition, without prejudice, regardless of who they are, what they did. Jesus spoke about the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. And he said, after the initial invites went out and everyone rejected the invitation, he sent the servants back out and he said, go and invite the poor and the crippled, and the blind, and the lame, and, and, and compel them to come in to the great banquet of the kingdom of heaven. God is love. Jesus died for everyone, everyone, full stop, no returns. Right? All right, so next, uh, I know I've skipped over, I've gone through a lot of verses really, really quickly there, but I've got to keep moving. Verse five, sorry, verse eight says, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. Thank goodness. But if you show favouritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the, ho- keeps the whole law, so you're doing really, really well, yet stumbles at just one point, well, you're guilty of breaking all of it. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Um, For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. Right. So back to the royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love this. It's so powerful. It's like the principle to raise your children with. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because I don't need any help thinking about myself first. (laughs) You know, I don't need the Holy Spirit to convict me to love myself more. 
I, I do a pretty good job of always considering myself in every single situation that I'm in. How does that affect me? That's how we think, isn't it? And so it's love your neighbor as yourself. How would I like to be loved? Do that. How would I like to be considered? How would I like to be valued? How would I like to be accepted? How would I like to be welcomed? Love that way. Let me, let me challenge you even further, right? Love as if the presentation of the other person doesn't matter. Love as if their attitude doesn't matter. Love as if you're not gonna get anything in return. Love as, as if they have nothing to offer you. Love as if the only thing that, that matters is how you do it and how you say it and what is in your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love as if the person in front of you is made in God's image. Genesis 1, 26. They have deep, inherent value because... Yeah, have you seen that? The Army Reserve ads? The Army Reserve ads when they're like pulling off their... You know, and they've got the cams underneath and they're like, yeah, Army Reserve. And the girl, you know, the, the lady's at work and she's pulling up her top on the side here because that's apparently that's okay. And, and, and But she's got cams underneath and it's like these Army Reserve guys, they're like, secretly, I'm in the Army Reserve. It's like, that's awesome. And it's like you and I as believers, we get to see what is underneath the external presentation that we're, that we're receiving. We get to see, whoa, you're, you're made in the image of God. You are loved by God. You have deep inherent value. God loves you. You're a human. Regardless of the external appearance, regardless of the type of car they drive, regardless of how they smell, if they smell nice or, whoa, hang on, Right? Regardless of their level of deodorant, right? Because sometimes in my house, the level of deodorant, like it's skyrocketing. You, you try and walk down the hallway and you go, you walk past the boys' rooms and you, <laughs> not because there's BO, but because there's so much Lynx Africa. <laughs> so much. Pastor Sim, so Pastor Simo mentioned the Imago Dei, right? That's the Latin term for how you and I were created in the image of God. Created in His image. Every single person is, a, is an image bearer of God. And, and Jesus died for them. And God loves them regardless. And... He rose from the dead and there's a place in heaven for them and God wants a relationship with them, right? So love your neighbor as yourself. Sidebar, another reason, guys, why women deserve more than just your visual attention because they are made in the image of God, right? Back to the main point, right? This is why uh, the world's celebrity fascination and money and power and fame status. This is why the world's value system is different to the kingdom value system. Because we don't look as the world looks. We don't see as the world sees. And you got to keep reminding yourself, you know, like you're at Woolies or you're at work 
or you're driving down the street and someone cuts you off, or, you know, I had this guy blow up at me. It's raining, like, it's raining crazy, and I've just picked up Josie from school, and I, I probably could have moved my car over this much more, okay? Probably, probably, but I'm just, I'm being safe. You know, like, because when it's really raining hard, I'm like, I'm like team mentality on the road. Let's get everybody home safe together, guys. Come on, everyone. Let's all be safe. Good job over there. You blinkered well. Yes, let's get everyone home. That's how I think when it's raining really, really hard. And this guy winds down his wife's window and he's screaming obscenities at me. And I'm just like, I realize I'm about to turn. I realize what's going on. And he's like, and I'm just like, whoa, buddy, hang on a minute. And driving home, I'm like, what a jerk. <laughs> like, I should have wound down my window and been like, really? You're going to be with him? Really? That's the best you can do? <laughs> you know? All kinds of stuff is rolling. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. All kinds of stuff <laughs> is rolling through my head. And I'm just like, come on. But then driving home, I'm like, that poor guy. He's made in the image of God and he doesn't realize it. But I can see through a little process that might need to take place first, but I can see that underneath, he's got something inside that he can't see himself. So i got to love my neighbor as myself. Fortunately, I didn't wind the window down. Right? We, we don't value people with the same category system that the world uses. You know, the world says if you are rich, if you're a social media influencer, if you've got a gym fit body, if you wake up in the morning and your children are perfectly behaved and they all make their own breakfast and you wake up and you look like you're in a magazine home with magazine hair and you're like, whoa, check out my perfect life, right? Then that's good. That's valuable. That's not what believers see. Sadly, we're presented with all these images of perfection on social media. We've got to keep reminding ourselves, every single human is loved by Jesus. Every single person. Authentic faith values people. That's the requirement. They're a person, that's it. I don't need to break it down. I don't need to analyze. I need to switch my discrimination filter off and just engage and love the person that's in front of me. Right? I love that James is not just commanding them to restore their honor to the poor. He's also teaching them to love impartially. He's teaching them. He's like, don't, don't analyze a person the way the world does. Just love. Just love anyway. Just love. Just switch love on. You might not feel like loving them. Just making the decision, I'm going to engage. I'm going to love regardless. It's scary. It's hard. Um, here's a little thing that will help you, though. Because before you go and, like, pull down all your boundaries, um, I found this on Twitter this week. You don't need to love without boundaries. Judas Smith, can we bring that up? He says, boundaries are biblical. God's commandment to love everyone is not permission to mismanage the investment he put inside of you. All right? That was super helpful for me because I'm so challenged right now by reading this to love better, to love well. 
to listen longer, to engage and be warm and be kind. But that doesn't mean I have to throw out my boundaries out the door and just live a messy life, right? All right, so I'm going to finish up. But finally in verse 12 and 13, it says, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. And then it finishes with this perfect little statement, mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay, if you're writing notes, write this down, mercy wins. Number three, mercy wins. Second point was love your neighbor as yourself. Third one is that mercy wins. Not to be confused with love wins, although let's, yep, just don't read the book. All right? I love that. He's talking about this freedom that comes with loving. It's the law that gives freedom. Love brings freedom. You know when your kids are small and you're like, go and say sorry. And they like, Duh. You know, and then they wander over and then they're like, sorry. And they walk back and that's the extent of it. And you kind of feel like maybe they didn't mean it so much as they just obeyed the law and did it, right? <laughs> love means I don't have a thousand rules as to how to love. I have freedom to engage and love the way that I would like to be loved. There's like a freedom in love. Love with freedom and joy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's talk about that for a minute because that's like, whoa. Firstly, uh, and let's get a bit uncomfortable here for a minute. Let's talk about judgment because that's something that we don't like to talk about in church, is it? Right? You and I are 100% absolutely going to be judged when we leave this earth. Every one of us will stand before God and we will need to give an account for how we lived our lives. Now, it sounds doomy and gloomy, doesn't it? But right there with us will be Jesus Christ, who's going to defend us and stand with us in our judgment and say, my righteousness is applied to them. And so we're not going, we don't have this fear of impending punishment. But God still wants us to consider how we live in today's day and age and how you treat another human being. That matters to God, that's important. So keep that in mind. Yes, you're going to be judged. Yes, Christ is going to defend you. But show mercy. Show love. Secondly, the, the thing that I was really getting out of this mercy triumphs over judgment was that people expect judgment. People get judged everywhere. You can't walk into a restaurant. Um, Macca's is probably not the best example. Um, 
You can't walk into a restaurant and, and, and feel like everyone's not looking at you, right? And you, you're like, oh, am I, am I wearing the, is my, is my fly? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, everyone is like glaring at you. And you're like, okay, just going to sit over here, you know, kind of blend in a little bit. You're expecting judgment. You cut someone off in traffic, oh boy, you're expecting judgment. People expect to be ridiculed, judged, to be critiqued, because that's what they get everywhere. But it's not meant to be the case in here. It's not meant to be the case whenever someone engages with a believer of our Lord Jesus Christ. They should get love. They should get mercy because we have received incredible, incredible amounts of His mercy. And that's meant to flow to our fellow humankind, right? That's like forgiveness, you know? You don't just get forgiven to store it all up and then slander and smash everybody. It's forgiveness is meant to flow. Love is meant to flow. Mercy is meant to flow. And mercy triumphs over judgment because what people expect is judging. They expect that everyone's going to be judgy. I'm going to judge you for everything. But what they get when they come into contact with you and I, hopefully, is this mercy. And mercy wins. Mercy's more powerful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. People expect to be judged and, 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 and you did that thing or you're not the kind that I would normally. Love says the opposite. Love says, come and do life. You know, like sometimes one of the pastors will get up and they'll be like, hey, this is the most welcoming place on earth. Woo, you're all welcome here. Woo. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's what we want. But are we? Now, I kind of think of Northwest, we did pretty good, right? I'm not speaking for Central. But at Northwest, we're okay. But I don't just want us to be polite. I don't just want us to be warm or friendly for a moment. Like, let's love. Let's love because we've been loved because we are the ones who have experienced true love, because we are the carriers of this love. And this love, this mercy, this it triumphs over anything else that someone's experienced. They come into contact with you and they're like, what is going on? You didn't, you just loved me and you didn't even know me. You didn't, you didn't know what I did. You didn't know where I've been. And we're like, I don't, I don't need to know because that's not what my love is based on. My love isn't based on what you think about yourself. My love is based on what He thinks about me. I haven't got time for this last story. I'm sorry. How much time have we got, babe? Much to, have I got five minutes? Because I can fully do this in five minutes. All right. So uh, a couple of days before we went away on holidays, um, 
I posted a little cryptic message on Instagram. Um, some people were like very alarmed by it. Let me tell you the story. Um, so I thought uh, we, we got a new car and a, we got a, like a nine-month buyback system happening through church. It's really great. And so the tow bar had to be taken off my old car and put onto the new car. And uh, this mechanic that I know, he's like, yeah, I'll do it for you. Cool, no worries, all good. So I tested it two days before we left. I thought maybe it's probably a good idea that I test that the tow bar's working before I try and take my family on holidays for two weeks. Good idea, right? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. The tow bar was producing no electronic signal. I had no blinkers. I can't tow my caravan on holidays for our family trip. I'm like freaking out. So I'm like, all good, I'll just drive down to the mechanics and say, hey, you need to fix this before I go on holidays. Mechanics are closed for the year. This is like in between Christmas and New Year. And I'm like, mild panic is starting to set in. So I drive up to the old faithfuls at ISP at Glendale and I'm like, so this is the deal. And he's like, okay, well, hang around, we'll check it out. He's like, you need two cables. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. He's like, you need two cables, one here and one here. And I'm like, radio. And he goes, oh, Mitsubishi should still be open. If you head over to Mitsubishi Parts, they might have something there. So I'm like, whoa, and I'm praying like crazy, right? Praying like crazy. Because the, the family holiday depends on these two cables. So I walk up the crazy staircase and I'm in the Mitsubishi spare parts and the guy's checking the computer. Yeah, we got one in Melbourne. I'm like, I'm leaving in two days' time. He's like, oh no, there's one in Sydney. There's one in Sydney. I'll just call them. So he calls Sydney. Nah, they're not picking up. They've gone home for the day. I'm like, so I, uh, I'm starting to enter into this level of panic and dread. And I take my hat off and I put it on the counter. I look at my feet and I just said quietly to myself, I've just ruined my family holiday. The guy looks at me and he says, I got a plan. And I went, um, I'm listening, man. And he goes, Steve, head out the back. Go and pull a wiring harness off a tow bar. And I'm like, you could do that? And he's like, Steve comes over and he's like got this huge gold chain and, he's, and this super slick haircut. And he's like, yeah, man, don't worry. And he, he, and Steve walks out the back and I'm like, what's going on here? And then this rando comes up and just goes, you want a glass of water, mate? And I'm like, sure. So I go next door and he gives me this glass of water. He cleans the, ta cleans the glass with his hand. And then, and then he gives me a glass of water and I'm like, I'll take anything right now. And so I'm drinking this hand-washed glass of water and, and, and then I'm, I go back into the main parts department and there's this wiring harness sitting on the counter. And I'm like, what do I owe you? I will pay you literally anything right now. And I said, actually, can you do the bill first before you hear that? And so I buy it and I've got 15 minutes before ISP at Glendale closes. And so I'm like, sorry guys, love you. I'm out of here. And I race down the stairs, jump in the car, trying to back my way out to get to ISP. And he does it. And he's like, we work in a little bit of overtime. And so at the end of the thing, I'm like, is it working? He goes, oh man, it works a treat. And I'm like, here's a 20 because thank you. I paid him as well, paid the place as well. That was like a bonus for the guy. But they didn't owe me anything. None of them had to do more than what was required by their job. None of them had to do more than what they absolutely needed to to fulfill their timesheet on the last working day of the calendar year. 
It's the 30th of December. And this guy's like, nah, man, it's all right. It's not the first miracle we've done this week. And I'm like, God bless you, man. You've just saved my family holiday. Like, let's not just love with the lowest form that we need to feel like doing. Let's love how we would love to be loved. Let's pray. God, we're just so grateful that you did not just do the bare minimum and leave us to just exist without your love. But you loved us with extravagance by sending Jesus to die on a cross for us, to set us free from sin and death and restore us to relationship with you and eternal life in heaven. Thank you, God. God, I don't just want this message to be, uh, we need to do better at this message. Would you give us your heart for people right now? This week, God, would you give us your heart for the poor, for the lonely, for those who just have messed up for whoever we find ourselves in front of. Would you give us your heart so that we would love generously with such kindness, with a warmth of spirit, Embracing the person in front of us, not just defaulting to polite or friendly. Help us to default to love, to not show favoritism, but regardless of social standing, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of of age or colour or anything or religion, God help us to love. You know, if you're here today and you're just starting to realise the love of Jesus for you, I just want you to know that He wants relationship with you. And the cross of Jesus was a very real thing that took place because He loves you. And sin separates us from God, but God's intention was to walk with you every day of your life and give you an eternity in this amazing place called heaven. And if you don't know Jesus as your own personal Lord and Saviour and friend, then you can right now. You can just begin a journey with Him. And just quickly, if that's anybody here who has walked away from God or who has just realised that they are walking in religion and not relationship with Jesus, just give me a little wave and I'll pray with you after the service. 
10 more seconds. If that's you, just give me a little wave and we'll finish the service and I'll come up and pray with you. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.